Let me thank Revival for their ministry and song this evening. It's blessed my heart, as I'm sure it's blessed many of you here in the congregation this evening. Turn with me, please, in your Bible uh, to the Gospel of Luke. We're turning to the Gospel of Luke, please, in the chapter 7. And we're going to be reading from the verse 36, the Gospel of Luke, and the chapter 7. And we're going to read from the verse 36. I would like to speak to you this evening under the title, Great Sinners but a greater saviour. Great sinners, but a greater saviour. Luke chapter 7, please. And we're reading from the verse 36. And this is the word of God. And we read here, And one of the Pharisees desired him, that's the Lord Jesus, that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city which was a sinner when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. When the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said unto him, Now you bear in mind that that man didn't say that out loud. He said it in his mind. But the Lord Jesus knew his thoughts. And the Lord Jesus responds to his thoughts in verse 40. It says, And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence, the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me therefore, which of them will... Love him most. Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house, thou gavest me no water for my feet. But she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss. But this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint. But this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said to the woman, Thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. We trust the Lord will bless the reading of his word. 
to each of our hearts this evening. There's three characters that strike us from this story and they immediately strike you as they're so graphically depicted in this passage that we have read together. First of all, we're introduced to a religious man. His name is Simon, Simon the Pharisee. And he invites the Lord Jesus to his home for a meal. Now the truth is we don't know whether he was really interested in the Lord Jesus Christ genuinely or whether he was like the other Pharisees who often were trying to entrap the Lord Jesus with some difficult religious questions to get the Lord to say something that they could accuse him of something that was guilt-worthy. That's quite often what you find the Pharisees doing. But this passage doesn't tell us why Simon invited the Lord to his house. But we know that the Lord Jesus is there at Simon the Pharisee's house for a meal. And then the second character that we see emerge in this passage is an immoral woman. She's just called a sinner. And we don't know her name, but as we'll see later on, she's obviously was a very infamous character in this society. And everybody seemed to know a lot about her. Now it may seem strange to you that this woman who's described as a sinner managed to get into a private meal at someone's house. However, it was customary in those days for outsiders to hover around dining banquets so that they could see the important people and hear their conversation. It was quite often held in the open air. And since everything was open, anyone could enter into the banquet hall and speak to any guest. And this explains why this woman had access to the Lord Jesus. So we have Simon the Pharisee, that's our first character. We have this immoral woman, that's our second character. And then thirdly, we have the Lord Jesus Christ himself. So we have the religious man, the immoral woman, and the loving saviour who forgave that immoral woman just there, right at his feet. The story, really, that we've read in Scripture speaks without much explanation or imagination. Though we have before us these characters being immoral, that be, these characters and having this immoral woman, Dr. Luke, who penned this gospel, being a physician, he doesn't intrude unnecessarily into her hidden private life, and he doesn't go into the depths of this woman's sin. All we need to know is that she was a sinner. Rather, what we have before us this evening is the story of a conversion. A woman's life who was turned around by the Lord Jesus Christ and because of his grace in her experience. Really, the emphasis of this passage is simple. It's the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we preach every Sunday evening here from this pulpit. That, that's what we live for. That's what we stand for. And I want to tell you something about the gospel that's very, very important. The gospel doesn't ignore our sin. It causes us to face our sin. It doesn't ignore our sin. Right round our land, there's people who will tell you of a loving God and that's all they'll tell you. But tonight, I want to speak the truth to you in love. And the gospel, it requires you to face your sin. To face the reality of it. And to show you where your sin is taking you. And the gospel, it doesn't leave us staring at our sin and our lost estate either. Instead, it gives you an opportunity to be freed from the guilt and the power of sin. Those things that maybe keep you awake. It's the power, it has the power to free you from addiction. 
It is the power to give freedom in this life that no one else could offer. And the gospel, most importantly, causes us to see a wonderful Savior who can deliver whatever the deep-dyed sin that you're involved in in your life. Here's a woman who was a great sinner. But we'll see that we have a great Savior and she became to know the great Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why our title this evening is Great Sinners, but a Greater Savior. Now, Luke sets the scene in verse 36. They're all sat in Simon the Pharisee's house. And then in verse 37, a a woman of the city walks in and we meet the immoral woman. Look at what it says about her in verse 37. It says, And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment. Behold! A woman of the city. You don't know the woman's name. She's simply a sinner. And it tells us that she was a woman in the city. That's probably better translated as a woman of the city. A woman of the city. And the assumption is that this woman was a professional sinner. We're going to think about that in a few moments' time. In other words, sin was involved in her everyday occupation. Her livelihood came from the wages of sin. And she was infamous. She was an infamous sinner. She was well known around the area. She was infamous. It appears that the people in her district, they knew who she was. She lived in the streets where she plied her trade. And and we can just simply see she's a sinner that was well known. The wives of husbands would have known her. Husbands who were lured into her honey trap. And they could testify to her shame. She was most likely a woman of the night, a harlot, a prostitute. But please don't condemn her yet. As you're looking at her in this awful condition that her sin has got her into, remember that this woman, she was a mother's child. She once had been nursed in the bosom of her mother. Maybe she was even brought up in the faith of Israel, taught the Ten Commandments, particularly the one about adultery. She went to the feasts, the Passover, and all the rest. She knew what sin was. She knew what salvation was. But somewhere in her youth, perhaps, she forsook the guide of her youth and forgot the covenant of her God. And maybe you're here tonight and that's you. You had a good upbringing. But you made bad decisions. Maybe you haven't gone as far in sin as this particular woman that we find in Scripture, but you've forgotten the guide of your youth, and you've forgotten the covenant of God, and you've forgotten the things that you were taught. And it's got you into untold problems. Most likely, that's what happened to this woman. And this poor woman, she was a great sinner, and she was an infamous sinner. Well known around. Verse 47 tells us, That her sins were many. She was a particular kind of sinner. And she was known for the nature of her sin. But not only was she an infamous sinner. But she was a professional sinner. What do I mean by that? Well she was a professional sinner. She made her money from her sin. You know you don't have to be. You don't have to be involved in the same immorality of this woman. To be a professional sinner. She was making money from her sin. You could be someone that can make men into drunkards and making money out of it. You could be a bookie 
And you're causing men to flutter away their wealth that they have, that should be going to clothing their children and feeding them and covering their heads with a roof. And you're making money out of it. You're a professional sinner thieving off men and women. You could be a professional sinner. This country has a history of the paramilitary. There are many of those down through the years in our land. And even today they're still about and they haven't gone away. And they ply their trade in getting money and even shooting people for punishment. And they're professional sinners. You could be a dodgy tradesman. And you could, you could rob people of their money or do bad jobs for money that people are given to you. Wiping people's eyes with jobs that you're performing that's not up to standard. A professional sinner. You could be a dodgy businessman diddling with the taxman trying to keep more money for yourself. Maybe overcharging people. And maybe you're not paying back professional sinners making money out of your sin. And there are many people involved in professional sin. So don't be quick to judge this woman. Don't be quick to look at her and condemn her because maybe you could look back at yourself and you're condemned as well. The reality is whether you're a professional sinner or not, the Bible tells us we all have sinned. Do you know what the marvellous fact of this story is? The Saviour knew all about her professional sin. All about it. And yet he forgave her. And I can say to you this evening, whatever your circumstances might be, whatever type of sinner you are, the Saviour knows all about you too this evening. He knows everything. He knows the darkest secrets, secrets, secrets of your heart. And imagine this, the Lord Jesus knowing everything about this woman. Even the things that she had forgotten, that she'd even done, the Lord Jesus knew about them. And the Lord Jesus allows her to wash his feet with her tears, knowing what those eyes have looked upon. He knew about the filthy language that would have came out of her lips. And yet those lips were now kissing his holy feet. He knew the lust, the sinful desire that filled her heart, that heart that was now loving him and pouring affection out at his feet. And what does the Lord Jesus do? Does he cast her away? No, he receives it all. It's remarkable, isn't it? This sinner is sitting at God's feet. And she just comes and he doesn't cast her away. Why? Why doesn't the Savior cast her away? Well, it's because she was a repentant sinner. She was a repentant sinner. It's very simple, this woman, she knew she was a great sinner. But she had now come to realize that the Lord Jesus was a great Savior, and so she sought him out. And she stood there amazingly at the feet of Jesus. And do you know what she does as she stands before the Savior? She begins to weep. She feels her sin. Look at verse 38. And she stood at his feet and behind him weeping. And began to wash his feet with her tears. And did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet. Can you see her standing there weeping? She's just flooded with the reality of the kind of woman that she had become. 
And she's overwhelmed with emotion as she stands before the Savior. And she lets her heart loose. Uh, Luther describes it as heart water. And it bursts from her eyes in an emotional dam into broken pieces. And the flood of tears begins and she weeps because of where she is. And she weeps with great tears because she realizes she's a great sinner. And she's far from God. Dear friend, this evening, let me say something to you tonight. By his spirit, the Lord Jesus Christ, he's here in this place. He's here. And if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, his presence is here. And you're in the presence of the Savior tonight as well. And let me ask you, have you wept over your sin? Have you realized that you've disobeyed a holy God and you're on your way to a lost eternity? Or have you bowed at the feet of Jesus, placing your faith in him, weeping over your sin? Now we believe, according to the chronology of the Gospels, that this incident that we've read about tonight took place after the Lord Jesus spoke these words. He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. And it's very possible that this woman would have heard these blessed words coming from the Savior's lips. And she heard that invitation. And she received that invitation. And she sought the Lord out. And she came to the Lord weary, worn and sad. And he took her sins away. She heard the words from the Savior's heart. And they were communicated to her heart. And the Lord Jesus, he still speaks to hearts this evening. He still speaks to hearts tonight. He says, he or she that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out. Don't think you have to clean up your life before you come to the Savior. He says, come as you are. If you come to the Savior tonight, you don't need to clean up your life now. Just come to him as you are. He says, anyone who comes unto me, I will in no wise cast out. He doesn't qualify how you come to him. How much sin you have. Or how righteous you think you are. He just says whoever comes to me I will in no wise cast out. Praise the Lord. Praise God that she wasn't the first harlot that got this message. And she'll not be the last either. And that's the wonder of God's grace. It's often the deep dyed professional, infamous, enthusiastic sinners that get this message of grace quicker than religious people. And she knew that she was a great sinner. But praise God, she came to learn that Christ could be her saviour. And so like this woman, dear friend, you too are a sinner. But you need to realize, secondly, like this woman, that you have a great Savior available to you tonight. I wonder, do you see the Lord as your Savior from sin? Maybe you're here this evening and you haven't really got to grip with the awfulness of your sin in the eyes of God. You mightn't be going to the extremes of this woman in sin, but you've done many a thing and sin is breaking the heart of God. And well, it's the case and... And when you think about it, you need to think about what God was willing to do to pay for your sin. I want you to come with me in your mind's eye to Calvary tonight. Come for a moment and climb that hill 
and see the son, sinless Son of God and he's hanging on a rugged cross. And behold your sin, your sin in him. And he is dying, see from his head, his hands, his feet. Sorrow and love flow mingled down. A crown of thorns upon his head, nails in his hands, nails in his feet, spittle running down his face from those evil soldiers. And he was buffeted and he was beaten and he was bruised and he's been flogged. And he was there on that cross in your place, dying for your sin. Isaiah says he was wounded for our transgressions, he was wounded for our sins, he was bruised for our iniquities, he was bruised for our sins. The chastisement, in other words, the punishment was laid upon him. And with his stripes we're healed. That was the cost of this woman's peace. It's the cost of all of our peace that's only found in God. She maybe didn't even contemplate it, didn't understand it. Maybe like you here tonight, you might not have a breaking heart over sin. But if you look at the Saviour, if you look on the cross and see what a man was willing to do for you, the God-man was willing to go to the cross, does it not melt your heart? Does it not cause it to break? His soul became an offering for your sin. And dear friend, this evening, if you come to his nail-pierced feet, just like this woman came before his feet, he will receive you as he received her, because he'll cast no one out that comes to him. Just silently he looked at her. He spoke to her and said, Thy sins are forgiven thee. Later on, we see that he spoke to her and said, Go in peace. The peace you've always been longing for, dear friend. The peace that you've been searching for in all the wrong places. What did we sing earlier? Down at the feet. Down, it was down at the feet of Jesus. So the happy, happy day. My soul found peace in believing and my sins were washed away. Can you tell the old, old story? The story we've read from God's word tonight. Could it be your story? Seeing your sin. But looking to Christ and finding him as the solution and salvation for your sin. If it doesn't happen tonight, if, if that does happen tonight, you need to go the same way as this woman. Saying, I'm a great sinner, but Lord, you're a great saviour. You went to the cross for me and you died for me. Very briefly, I want to consider the other person in this story that met with the Lord. That was Simon the Pharisee. That's the house that the Lord Jesus was sitting in. This woman, she's walked in. She's sitting at the Saviour's feet. She's found forgiveness for sin. She's come humbly, a great sinner, but she's found a great Saviour. But then look at verse 39. Look at what it says there. It says, Now when the Pharisee which had bidden the Lord Jesus saw it, saw this lady crying at the Saviour's feet and, and anointing him with the ointment that she brought, that expensive ointment, when he saw it, he said within himself, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for he, for she is a sinner. And here's Simon, the Pharisee, Sitting on his high horse, not recognizing that he too is a sinner. And perhaps like Simon the Pharisee, you mightn't think that you need to be saved. 
You might think that you live a better life even than some Christians that you know. You see, what the problem is here is that's you're not recognizing that you too are a sinner. Many people, particularly religious people, think like this. They think such that such great forgiveness is only for people who are great sinners like this woman who had gone dark down in the deep, dark depths of sin. And they think to themselves, well, I'm fine. I've lived a good life. I've been a good neighbor. I've been a good citizen. I'll be fine. When I get to the pearly gates, I'll be fine. I'll go on in because I've lived a good life. No, not according to the Bible. For all of sin. You're a sinner. And so am I. And we all need the Savior. If we're to stand on the shore of heaven someday. Maybe you stand, you say this safe business, this born again stuff. Well, that's for people who are really going headlong into sin. I've got church, I've got my religion. I turn in every so often to the church here at Grange Baptist. I'm fine. And I'll grant you that you might not be like this woman. You mightn't be involved in the things that this woman was involved in. You mightn't ever sin to the extent of this woman. But the Bible says very clearly that you too are a great sinner. And I want to tell you what Simon the Pharisee's great sin was. It was his blindness. He was blind to his sin. And it was easy for him to sit there and say that she was a sinner, but it was impossible for him to look at himself and say, I'm a sinner. And the Lord Jesus, he then tells Simon a a parable. And this is the parable, it's found in verse 41, and it says there was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence, the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Two debtors. One owed 500 pence to the creditor. The other owed 50 pence, but neither could pay up. And the creditor forgave both of these people. And the parable here isn't speaking about the amount of sin in a person's life. But I want you to get this. It's speaking about the awareness of sin in a person's life. You see, the question must be asked, how much sin needs to be committed for someone to be described as a sinner? And the answer comes that we're all sinners and we're born sinners. We're born naturally sinning for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. Simon the Pharisee, with his uprightness and his proud estate, he was just as much a sinner as the woman. And both of them, before they met Jesus, before they came to Jesus, both of them were on their way to a lost eternity. And we find a woman who humbly came to Jesus' feet and she pleaded for forgiveness in her actions and the Lord forgave her sin and today she's in heaven. But Simon the Pharisee, in his proudness, we aren't told what happened to him in Scripture. But he was proud and he didn't see his need for a great saviour. Simon was just as spiritually bankrupt as this woman. Simon was guilty of sins in his spirit, filled with pride. The woman was guilty of sins in her flesh. And her sins were known by all and Simon's sins were hidden. But dear friend, your sins aren't hidden from God. The holy eyes of God see into the depths of your soul. And nothing can be hidden from him. You could have done things that no one else in this room knows. You could have done things that nobody else you hope will ever know. But I want to tell you, God knows. 
but praise God he can forgive you tonight because of that sacrifice of Calvary. Do you know, there's a lovely wee line that's found near the end of the passage. It's found in verse 47. And here this lady pleading forgiveness has just come to the Savior. Listen to what the Lord Jesus says about her. Wherefore I say unto thee, speaking to Simon, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. Listening. For she loved much. It's not lovely. She realized what the Savior could do for her. She realized that she was before God Almighty. There the Lord Jesus Christ. And she loved him. She loved him because he was there to forgive her for her sins. And look at the Savior's final words to this woman. Thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. I want to tell you something. It wasn't this lady's tears for her great sins that saved her. It was her faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to what the Lord Jesus says. Thy faith have saved thee. Go in peace. Faith in the greater Saviour who is greater than all her sin. I wonder if you realise tonight, like this woman, you're a sinner. Like Simon the Pharisee, you're a sinner. And as we stand before God tonight, we're all condemned guilty. But the Lord Jesus offers you his forgiveness, his grace. He died on the cross for you and took the punishment that you deserved and simply says to you, Come, for all things are now ready. I wonder, will you receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Saviour? Oh, that tonight every one of us would get to the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. With whatever sin that we have, and put our faith in him, and believe in him, and accept him for the forgiveness that is there for the asking. We're going to sing together in closing. And it speaks of the voice of the Lord Jesus. It simply says softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. At the heart's portal, he's waiting and watching, watching for you and me. And the, the refrain of this particular piece is, come home. He's calling you to come to him. Come home. Ye who are weary, come home. This lady in our story, she was weary with her sin. That's why when she went to the Lord Jesus, maybe you're weary with your sinful life. Maybe you want freedom from it. We'll come to the Savior tonight.